thank you for tuning into this episode of Are You Spiritual? My name is Jasmine Milani, and I will be your guide. I am super excited about this episode because I get to interview and chat with my friend and Reiki sister, Kema Hagar. Now you can find Kema everywhere on Instagram under her name. She has a wonderful website. She has tons of offerings. She's uh, you know, an incredible wellness coach. She also does events and coaching. She has her own meditation platform and do yourself a favor and head on over and sign up for her newsletter because she sends out these really beautiful midweek musings. And it's sort of things that help you kind of focus on the moment. And I found them to be really, you know, simple and profound. So do yourself a favor and do that. In this episode, we talk about what's coming up for Kema and a bit about how her spiritual journey has evolved over the last few years. And one of the things that has always been integral to her, for me, has been her deep uh, appreciation, affinity for, and practice of the teachings of Mu. And she is going to explain what Mu is uh, to sum it up very briefly. It is a uh, indigenous spiritual practice that is uh, native to the Hawaiian islands. And it's a really beautiful practice that is quite complex and also very simple. So I love that we get to talk about that and she gets to really explain it. She shares a beautiful Ho'oponopono prayer at the end please stay tuned. If you, if you want to cut to it, it's about minute 50, (laughs) but it's a, it's a beautiful prayer and it is about forgiveness of ourselves and others. And it's just good for everything really. Also with Kema, one of the things that comes up with her uh, passion and belief in Mu is also her connection to the islands of Hawaii, particularly Maui. And this is a kind of particular area of my own spiritual practice that I'm very drawn to, which is the sacredness of places and spaces and how we are drawn to certain energies. We talk about the vortexes in Sedona or there's a big portal in Mount Shasta, but every space is energetic in a sense. And what does it feel like when we strike our home? It brings me back to something that my mom said, and I wouldn't call her a super spiritual person, but it really struck me because she said, finding your place in the world, finding your home in the world is one of the hardest and most satisfying things to do. And she had someone who had traveled and come from a different continent to find her place in the world. And I think there's something very spiritual about that and why places speak to us, why we love a certain room in a museum or we don't like places in our house and how that can be shifted and changed. And that was actually in my Reiki master teacher work, um, what I wrote my final paper on, the idea that we can energetically experience and perhaps aid in the healing of places So that's kind of a strange tangent, but we talk about it in a really fun way (laughs) and I think you'll enjoy it and I know you will love her. So please find Kema and she is just the best. I am so grateful to her for sharing her light with us and, and 
Kama has Mukama, which is an amazing line of skincare botanical products that she is going to be offering in our giveaway. So please sign up for the giveaway. How do you do that? I'll let you know. But for now, like, subscribe, review, share, and enjoy this interview with my friend Kama Hagar. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I have the most wonderful person here with me. She's a magical fairy who is also (laughs) incredibly spiritual and really wise beyond her years. I've told you a little bit about who she is and what she does, but now I've got the real lady here. And she is my friend, my spiritual sister, my Reiki pal, Kama Hagar. Welcome back to the show, Kama. Oh, thank you, Jasmine. I'm (laughs) blushing at all your sweet words. I know. I was like, is it fairy? Is it mermaid? Is it both? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Little winged fin girl. Um, (laughs) All the magic. How are you doing today? I'm doing actually really good today. I was just actually saying a few minutes ago that actually, literally, I don't know about you in LA, but it is warm and sunny and it's January and that means so much to me. And (laughs) I feel that inside and outside. So you kind of brought it back because you're an island girl (laughs) now. No, just like a little bit of both. So yeah, it's been working with those two energies and also just appreciating them both for what they are, (laughs) which sounds funny, but I've always just tried to like slap my island expectation onto everyone and everything, the pace, the nature, the delicious fruit. I'm like comparing everything all the time to what it is there. And so, I mean, I'm embracing the sunshine, but I'm also trying to embrace like the nippier mornings and the things that just make California, California and other places what they are too, which is also just as special. So it's true. I mean, you have to be where you're at, you know, you have to love the one you're with when it comes to climate. (laughs) Yeah, no, it it sounds too much about it. (laughs) No, it's true. It really is true. It sounds funny, but it used to like consume me that I like, and yeah, I'm just starting to accept really, truly where I am. That's wonderful. So, well, let's get right into it because, um, Kama has a really beautiful discipline and I would love to like your practice and your spiritual center that is really tied to the islands. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if you could, I did do a little research. I do have a little understanding of it, but I was wondering if you could introduce Moo to us. Yes, I can. Um, (laughs) I bring my friend Moo with me everywhere I go now, especially, which is part of what I was even alluding to just now um, about being where I am. But ultimately, and we'll give you a little backstory. Um, Little backstory is I grew up part-time on the island of Maui out on the winding road to Hana in the jungly jungle. And it always felt like home. And the nature, the purity, like I said, the fresh fruit, I just felt like I was literally in the Garden of Eden (laughs) and that everything was for me there. I trusted everything. It was magical, even like the storms and the darkness. And this place was really mystical and it was sacred land. And so there was a lot of energy, mana there. But ultimately, I, for some reason, beyond any other place I'd ever been, felt just trust, 
And that was the word I distilled it down to. I trusted everything. I trusted the dark as much as I trusted the light. And it became my greatest teacher. And I was always yearning for the energy that I felt in this place, which felt like oneness, which felt like trust, which felt like love, just peace and bliss and and just the magic. And then as I grew up, well, my parents sold that house when I was like 22. And I, Jasmine, you know, because we were in the Reiki training shortly after that. And I literally was one of the greatest bouts of grief I've ever been through because I put so much on that place. And by the way, we called that place Moo. I don't know if I said that. We called my home, my childhood home in Maui Moo. And that was just a name that somebody we knew named it and it just carried forward. I didn't really know what new meant or anything like that, but that will come around too. But I go through this big grief and I'm trying to unpack this grief for many years because I'm like, dude, this it's a house, like relax. And I couldn't let it go. And what I found through actually writing a book right now uh, about that place is that it symbolized all these things in my childhood that I didn't have any other place but there because there my parents unplugged, they were present, we were free. There were just not these crazy expectations of the world. And it was basically everything a child could want or need like from a family and a stable family unit. And that's where I had it. So there's like this deep sacredness of the land. Then there's this like family component. And then to tie it all together... I just kind of let the thing unfold. I was like, okay, I love this place. I started studying ancient traditional Hawaiian healing. And I did that in a few different trainings on the island of Maui. And I end up meeting this guy named Keone Hanalei, who is a an incredible Hawaiian healer who teaches ancient fern medicine. Like, who knew? He is of the Mu lineage. He teaches from the Mu lineage, and he has a chant in his family that dates back thousands and thousands of years ago. And his basically his family line has preserved the teachings of Mu. What is Mu? Lemuria, people talk about that, right? There's Atlantis, which is the last continent or the last civilization of the Atlantic. And then there's Lemuria or Mu, which is the last one of the Pacific. And of course, you know, like archaeology and other things are not drawing solid conclusions that it existed. So a lot of people have written this off. But what's crazy is when I find this guy who's a teacher of Moo, I'm like, wait, wait, what's Moo? I have a Moo. <laughs> like it's my house. What's what's your Moo? And he tells me all about this lost civilization. And as he's getting into it, and then I study with him and all the things because I'm just so curious, the teachings of that Moo were literally the teachings of my Moo. Like everything I learned at my Moo were the themes of the real Moo. I know this is like getting really wild and out there, but I- Let's go there. Blown away. Like just literally brain exploding that like emoji where like the brain is out of the head. Like that was me about everything I was discovering, which was Lokahi, which is a Hawaiian principle too, which is the balance of darkness and light. That was just a huge principle in the Moo civilization. Aloha Ma, which is self-reflective love, which is the holistic, which is basically becoming your holistic self, honoring your holistic self and your lightness and your darkness and all the things and allowing that to be mirrored back to you from the external world, which is exactly what my Moo taught me. And then there were all these weird little nuances like 
hexagons as like a piece of the symbolism of ancient Mu. And we had a waterfall in the gulch below our house in Hawaii that was only accessible by our property. And behind the cascade of the waterfall were these perfect hexagon stones. And we were always like, this is so crazy. This feels like a wonder of the world. Like we have this on our like property line. Like what is this? And still to this day, I don't, I don't know. We're like, this can't be man-made, but there are just these crazy symbols. And then I went on to study uh, what hexagons mean. And they are the perfect balance of masculine and feminine. And that is the exact teaching of the of ancient mill just coming into complete harmony with your masculine and your feminine and just lots of mysteries lots of mysteries and i'm still unpacking a lot but i know that new in whatever form my house form the ancient civilization whatever is my guide and my teacher. And I know that it's speaking the language that I need, that I'm here listening to because, you know, that's, these are the lessons that I needed. And so now I'm here to just share them in all of the possible ways that I can just by living, by coaching, by writing, whatever. So that's, that's so interesting. And so much of the um, Hawaiian uh, spirituality has to do with balance. Yes, it really does. It has to do so much with that is like a key part of like the Ho'opono Opono prayer, the um, even this it's it's not about flooding the world with light. It's about accepting the balance of it. Um, and so just to give you sort of the the conventional um, description of Mu, that it says it's it's basically a pre-Tahitian Hawaiian culture, mm-hmm. which if you think about that has got to be ancient because these islands have been intermixing for thousands of years. And it says it actually predates Sumerian Egypt, and it's one of the earliest civilizations. So 20, over 20,000 years ago. So whether you want to go along with this as a spiritual background, whether you want to, uh, if you want to go to Lemuria, I'll go to Lemuria with you. Mm-hmm. I got no problem with that. But even if you don't, there is a, a lot of factual basis for the ancientness of these practices and that they have been handed down. And also, not for nothing, the last time I went to Hawaii, or one of the last times, we went to a botanical garden and there are like hundreds of different kinds of ferns. Yeah. Oh, there. I, um, yeah, there's so many. <laughs> so and- fern medicine is huge. I didn't oh, know. Yes. And they're one of the most ancient plants that we have. And I'm not going to, I mean, I, I didn't study fern medicine like that much. I've, I've used it. I've like worked with it medicinally, but um, my teacher Keone says there are 33 ferns for 33 human emotions. And that basically when we came to ancient Mu as this experiment, like source basically separated itself from itself so that it could experience love between itself. And that's why we are in fragments as individuals so we can experience love. That's the whole premise. That is the word alohama, self-reflective love. We're here to learn it. We're here to, to do it. And that in order, because love is so big, this is what he says, because love is such a big emotion, we had to fragment that into 33 different human emotions to experience or else it would like blow our circuit. So we have all these different emotions that lead us back to love and that teach us love, but in this like more 
diluted way. It's still really intense being alive, being human, having emotions, but there are ferns that you can basically dose with and take the medicine of to take you back to love just ultimately. And it's so beautiful. I just like, can't even, uh, I love that so much. It's so I beautiful. feel really dumb, but I'm like, ferns must be ancient because they're always in the Jurassic Park yes, movies. No, 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 that's exactly <laughs> how I think of it. I'm like, um, yeah, like the land before time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's always full of ferns. <laughs> There's always a fern or two. Um, oh, that is so interesting. And so then I think this is a good time to circle back to what you were saying earlier about how when we met, during our Reiki master training, you had just experienced this big loss, this grief. And I would love to talk to you because that's got to be like, like a few years, now, like four or five years now. So, and I know, because I know that you have been able to return home. So can you talk a little bit about that journey and like what that reuniting has been like for you and, and how you feel now and, and how that healing has been for you? Yes. Okay. Yes, of course. So yeah, I think my family sold that place in like 2018. So, and it was, so actually that had happened during my first or second Reiki training. And so my Reiki mastery, though it had been a couple of years when you and I studied together since I'd lost the house or we'd we'd sold the house, I felt like it was almost this coming back to it, like circling back, you know how Reiki is, he just brings you on like this whole journey. So I was feeling a lot of that grief again. And uh, again, I still feel really guided by the energy of Mu and I call upon it the way that somebody would like the Christ energy or like archangels or whatever. I call upon Mu, my Mu and the actual Mu. Cause I feel like my Mu is a portal to Mu and I'm just saying, but anyway, so like I call upon that energy. And so I was, as we channel Reiki, I'm always channeling that and I'm always connecting with that. And so it was coming up strong. And um, at that point, yes, I had no idea. I think I was living in Orange County. And um, shortly after that, I moved to Puerto Rico. And I've been on a fun kind of exploratory journey while I have no kids, no pets, no plants. And then I went through a breakup uh, with someone that I was with for six and a half years. And I basically just went into full surrender And it's really interesting because he was very intuitive, um, my partner, my ex-partner. And he said to me shortly after we broke up that he had a dream that I was in the jungle. And like, we weren't like on a communication basis, but he like reached out because he had to tell me this. He's like, I had a dream that you were in the jungle and you had a machete and you were just like slashing your way back to me. And I was like, huh, I love that. And at that point I was, I was thinking I was going to move to Miami. Like I had no idea what I was doing. I suddenly was, I was engaged. I thought I was living in Puerto Rico and all of a sudden I'm like, wait, what is my life? So I had no idea what the future held, but I, I just surrendered and let it unfold. I went back to Maui to stay at the hotel that we were actually supposed to get married at because my parents were like, we're not wasting these wedding credits. <laughs> and so I, I love wake, that. I wake up every day to the freaking view of what would have been my altar. And I'm just like transmute, 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 transmute. Like with the healing comes the darkness, but there's light here. And as Hawaii just said, it's such, you said it so beautifully, Jasmine, that Hawaii really is, it's not all love and light. It really shows you all angles. And so I was there facing everything. 
And I go to this cacao ceremony um, on that trip, pretty early into the trip and talk about a trip, I basically like trip out and see myself being held in the arms of my moo, like sitting in the basin of that hexagon waterfall I was just talking about in the most loving, just nature's loving arms, just being held like a baby. And basically I heard like, come home. And I'm like, how and what? And moo is like, invest in real estate, like invest in your business and like, just come on back. And I was like, what? But I don't, but I'm 26 and like, you gotta be retired to live here. And like all these things that were coming up in my head and I had all these weird, like, and I was like, am I ready? And am I going to be lonely? And like, do I have enough community here? And I don't know. And I didn't see it coming. And it basically is just like, hush, 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 soothing me. And I just felt pure peace and bliss and trust as I always had before. And so I start holo holoing, which is the Hawaiian word for following the pole. I just start following the poles and I'm on that trip and I kept extending my trip and things were magical. I got a free hotel room. I had a friend offer me their car. Like, like just, you know what I mean? The universe is like, come, come on. And so I'm there having the most magical trip. I'm looking at places to rent. I'm just trying to be like normal and like rent a, <laughs> rent a place. And I end up, but my mom actually bumps into a woman in the lobby of the hotel we're staying at. And she's like, Hey, I'm actually renting out a, a room and I'm selling a little cottage on my land. If your daughter wants to come by and look at it. And I look at the listing. It looks like trash. I never would have gone if I didn't meet her. I go to her place and it is basically everything I've ever dreamed of. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like vision board. Like I had vision boarded about this place, a wraparound deck with like swinging chairs on the balcony, a little yard, high little A-frame ceilings, like perfect. And so I sit down with her and I lowball the shit out of her and she just says, yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> so right there in this sushi restaurant, her and I decided to have dinner at, we sign a contract, like we sign a contract on a napkin and she's like, let's do it. I've been basically waiting for someone like you to take this place over. And it was just both of us were like looking for each other. And so, I mean, at that point, I'm just feeling so in awe of the universe and like how Oh, also I had the record at the current market of the cheapest single family home on Maui. And I love that you're proud of that. Yeah, um, oh first, I just want to say, I love that you got the credits. I'm really sorry. It sounds really painful that you had to look at your altar, but no, no, yeah, I'm really sorry about that. But I love that you got the credits. I love that you got a deal. <laughs> I got a deal. And like, I just say all that because, oh gosh, like it's, it's so mad. It's just magical. Like the way that things worked out that I never would have even imagined, but it was as if every step I took was just like supported, 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 supported. And I really got into that trust flow. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's how I quote unquote came home, but now this is such a multi-layered story, Jasmine, I'm talking so much, <laughs> but, but now as I've, um, well, before, before we go to now, before yeah. we go to now, let's just, yeah. let's just stay, stay with right Maui there. and let's just talk a little bit about some of the things you said, because you've said them so beautifully. And, you know, I just want to talk about the fact, like when you, we were talking about how it was coming up for you, grief is like that. 
as much as it hurts, you know, she's like a, she's like a dark bird that comes to visit me. And so now I've learned to remember that like when grief comes, it's a reminder of love. It's a reminder of something and you can just sit with it and move through it. So I think it's, it's beautiful to honor that. And what was amazing about that is you started listening to your heart and you started leaning into your spiritual practices, your strength. And I love your moo. And I just want to point out that like for anybody listening who might ever feel like I feel something I don't really know, you know, returning to your practices, whatever they were that made you feel good, whether it's prayer or moo, that's a great place to start. Yeah. Really reconnecting with your source is just a great place to start without asking to be resolved, just asking for peace, you know? So you did all that right. And then what's so incredible about this is we so often think that things are impossible. It's just, and I really think it's programming. It's like, there's no way I could do that. That can't be easy. But like, honestly, it is kind of true that everything's easy once you set about doing it. You know, like even if you want to build an airplane, that seems impossible to me, but hopefully I'll live 30 more years. And I guess if I really wanted to do it, I could probably do it. Would I want to fly the airplane? Maybe not. (laughs) But, you know, I think it's so beautiful that in your story, you really showed how you allowed yourself to be vulnerable. You allowed yourself to open up to magic. You allowed yourself to lean into it. And I always say this, you had helpful people like your mom and that lady who showed up. And you decided to see the place and you decided to go out to dinner. So there's a lot of actual really tangible tips about manifesting that you may not even realize you just pointed out, like you stuck with the feeling, you didn't try to run away from it. You listened to that inner voice and leaned on your own knowledge. You followed the pull and you were brave enough to do the meeting and to, and to try for something that was the cheapest on the Island. So I'm assuming that that's always a risk, but it was a reasonable risk. Yes. Right? Like, a, like I can do this. I'm a grown enough, I'm a grown ass woman and I can do this. Yes. So, okay. So good. I wanted to just kind of point out some of the magic in the, in your story. So mm-hmm. now you're back, you're on the Island, you've got your wraparound forage yeah. and now you're finding that you're moving back and forth more often. And mm-hmm. how is that coming up for you? Is that work related? Is that personal life? How is that working for you? Okay. So this is so funny. I um, actually just went to a Gabby Bernstein talk last night. Yes. Near you probably. And I go there and I'm, I actually almost asked this question. <laughs> I was going to start it out. I actually started in the line to grab the, the mic for the Q and A and like they cut off before I got there. But the question I was going to ask, and I was going to start it out like this, I was just going to be like, hopefully everyone in here read Gabby's book, Judgment Detox, because what I'm about to say is you're going to want to judge me really hard for And that is that I bought a house in Maui and met the love of my life within the same week of each other. And the, what I believe to be the love of my life, he lives in Orange County where I was moving from and Maui was where I was moving to. And I was discombobulated. I was like, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm so confused. I finally get like the bravery to be like, I'm going to do it. And I've been talking about going back to Maui my whole life. And there are always these things that felt like they were in the way. And I'm like, okay. And so he's like, we're going to, we're going to figure it out. We're going to make it work. Like, don't worry. 
And so we're starting this relationship while I moved to Maui and I am just overwhelmed. (laughs) I just think that's the best way to put it. And honestly, it felt like my heart was completely split in half. Literally. It's just when I was in Maui, I'm like, but he's over there. And when I'm with him, I'm like, but Maui. And I could not for the life of me relax. And everyone is like, this is the like most ridiculous problem I've ever heard. Like, oh, poor you. Like you have this great guy in your house in Maui. And I'm like, I know, but I'm losing hair. Like I was the most stressed out for probably six months of the beginning of our relationship that I've been in my life. And it really was like, my heart is, is split in half. And it, to be honest, what it showed me, and this is where I'm coming around, uh, is my heart's always kind of been like that. And to be honest, I've always given my heart to Hawaii and no, wherever I am, I'm always like, Oh, it's part of it's over there. And I always thought that was like a cutesy thing. I'm actually like starting to look at that really differently now. And with the help of Kelsey, shout out our Reiki master. I had a session with her and I'm like, I need to call these pieces of me back to me and I can carry Maui with me. I can, it's, it's there. It exists. We can have this beautiful relationship and, but it doesn't need to be a place that like, I have almost this like codependent relationship with. And so that was a huge realization. And I said out loud just a few weeks ago, for the first time in my life, I was like, I want to be free from the shackles of Maui. Who says that? I want to be free from the shackles of Maui. I want to love Maui so much. And I want it in my life, but I don't want to feel like I like can't function without it. I was basically like outsourcing my peace, my joy, my inspiration, my deep spirituality, all the things that I feel there, but thinking like that was where I could feel it. And so, so much has been revealed to me through this process. And um, I'm still doing a little toggle joggle back and forth, but like with so much more peace and grace and just trust for the process. And so I'm actually about to, you know, I'm about to sign a lease with my partner here and um, spend a lot of our time here until like he can do a little bit more remote stuff with me there. But I just trust, I'm starting to really trust, like I am inside first, all of the things that I feel there. I am Moo. I am all of those things. It doesn't need to be a place or a person that gives me that. I'm finally anchoring into that. But it's been really intense to to even get to that mindset. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, I mean, there's a couple of things at play here. First, like we can outsource, and I don't want to say you did this completely, but we can outsource some of our happiness that way. You know, we can say yeah. like, "I will be happy when." Yeah, I will be happy if, and and I don't think you're alone in that. And there is something to be said for the spiritual practice of soul retrieval that we leave a piece of ourselves in different, you know, and when you talk about energy work, you know, it's dimensional. So it's like, you have to understand you leave a piece of yourself in a place and a time or a place or a time or a space or a moment. Yes, We can leave a, a part of ourselves there. And so actually calling that back and being whole 
is, I mean, integration and wholeness and authenticity are always the goal, right? But like the idea that we're, that that's a finite process, that's, (laughs) that's the illusion. Like I'm only going to grieve this once. I'm only going to learn this once. I'm only going to experience this once. No, honey, no, (laughs) (laughs) it's going to keep coming around and you're going to be looking at it and learning from it from these different perspectives. So that's amazing. I mean, I think also at a certain point in a, in a woman's life, you really do start to understand yourself as a different spiritual being. If you're allowed to, if you have the space and time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think a lot of us don't even realize how independent we are in our thoughts and our beings Yes. you know, and so good on you for, you know, figuring that out. And yes. and the other thing is, it's also very telling that you can be overwhelmed with good things. Yeah, you can. You can. And, can. and again, that's where the process, that's where your practice can come back in. You oh, know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been really eye opening to be like, yeah, you really can. And really distillation is so important and slowing down. And once you can hear like what's going on and feel what's going on, but also because all the extra, 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 extra isn't what brings happiness at all. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. And I've seen that in so many iterations in my life. This has actually been a huge theme for me um, in my whole like family lineage. And so I'm really understanding the joy of just simplicity and cultivating stuff within and not be grabbing from without finally like I'm finally really getting that because I felt the overload and um you know you were saying about integration just now too that is the exact thing it's really again Moo still as my teacher because one of the greatest teachings of Moo is integration and that was actually what I studied when I studied with Kaoni Hanalei and the Mu lineage, the entire process was about integrating into your own wholeness. And so the last time I went back to Mu, which was about a month ago, I went to write my book and it was at the end of my stint there, a long stint I had on Maui and I was alone for a long time there. And I went back to Mu because thank God the new owners are really chill. They understand that I have like a codependency with their property. And so they're like, yeah, okay, sure. So I go there and I'm sitting on this wall just in stillness, true stillness, distillation, like what I've been yearning for all year with all the chaos. And I was just like, like receiving whatever, whatever messages in that stillness. And what I got was when you can learn to love yourself as much as you love me, this is my mood talking to me. You're set. <laughs> like you are set. That is your wholeness. That is your integration. That is your peace. And it's about me and me. It's not about me and Mo anymore. It's not about me and someone else. It's literally just me. And so that is another like brain explosion moment for me because I've been so devotional to this land and this place and this culture and this And it was like, bro, (laughs) take it back to you. That's, that's all that you need. So it really is nothing outside of you. It's not the place. It's not the thing. It's not the, it's just, can you step in to your own wholeness, your own self-devotion, your own self-trust, your own self-love? It's so cliche, but like it's hitting so deep for me now. I finally am getting that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's cliche in the way that people say, like, you've got to love yourself, but it's also cliche because it's true. Yeah, it is true. <laughs> you really do. And, and that is also a multi-layered journey, Yeah, you know, because loving ourselves and loving our light and our darkness, especially for people on a spiritual path, like shadow work is very integral to all the work, you know, yeah. because like bringing it back to Moo, bringing it back to this idea of balance, there is, we have to accept all of us, yes. you know, we have to accept accept it all because we're beautiful and perfect that way. And any denial of that in any way is really like, it's kind of turning yourself on your own divinity. It's sad in a way, but it's also like, it's your life's work. Exactly. Exactly. Turning yourself on your own divinity is a really beautiful way to say it. That like, I don't know about anybody else who's like listening to this, but that really strikes (laughs) deep. I'm like, who would want to do that? Because it's really easy to do and because we're programmed to do it, you know, and, and also, I don't know, I think it's ego mind and all this stuff, but I think we're changing. We're finding peace within these moments of self-acceptance because it is such a breath of fresh to just be able to be like, I'm just going to love myself like here in my bed, eating my popcorn, watching traders. I'm just going to love myself right now. You know what I mean? And I'm also going to love myself when I'm really killing it because that's another thing, you know, like you've done so many amazing things. We, we haven't really talked about like the whole platform you launched that you teach it classes and meditations that you have wellness coaching. Like you are like a busy person that has a lot of wisdom to share, you know, and we don't often celebrate that either. So then we get this empty feeling, right? Like we did something amazing. Yeah. We bought the house. Yeah. Yeah. And then we don't even, we're not even able to like sit with that and go like, it's always uh, like, oh, but I bought the house. The next. And this. I know it's just funny that way. So yeah, I'm going to celebrate you. Oh, thank you. You're so doing much. amazing. And I think you're incredible. So what's coming up for you now? You're going to stay here more. You're working on your book. Do you want to talk at all about the book? Oh my gosh. Well, I pretty much have in a nutshell been like summing it up. It's a lot about just my experience on that land that I, on my moo and the history of that land that has a very, very, very dark, tragic history and the amends that I made with that land, which were basically, I want to make this place feel safe. And I want to heal what's been done here because of how much I felt like it gave me. And it was, I mean, this is over my whole lifetime there. So like 22 years of work from like the day I was born and the moment I felt that connection, which was immediate. And and continuing and then my studies in Hawaiian healing and some of the beautiful ancient teachings and how I applied them to that land and how they applied to my real life. And just, it's a beautiful balance of like this very spiritual, like ethereal story. That's also so rooted in just humanity and just being a human on this planet and what that comes with and what our key core desires are, what my key core desire was and um it's just it's a story of integration it's a story of darkness of darkness and lightness it's a story of uh, mysticism and practicality it's a story of 
so many different aspects of, um, I think just like opposition, but finding that balance and then ultimately coming home to a deep sense of self-love. So it's actually been really meta writing the story. Like I wrote it, it's, it happened like this whole story took place, like I said, from age of zero to 22 and I'm writing it at 27 and I'm like almost reliving some of these themes with every chapter. It's been really wild. Um, but yeah, that's the, that's the biggest thing right now, writing the book. Um, and I really feel the call to dive deeper and deeper into writing. I love coaching. I do. I work with one-on-one with people. Um, I have a membership program called the Moo Membership, of course. And it's like the teachings of all of these things and meditations and recipes and rituals that have changed my life. And um, yeah, I want to just continue to share what this place has taught me because I do think it's been gifted to me so I can proliferate that. Writing, well, I think, coaching. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, as you were talking, I mean, it just, you're obviously were born to tell this story, Yeah, you know, I like think. nobody could, nobody could tell it. They wouldn't, they won't feel it the way you do. You yeah. know, it was obviously like, this is, this is something very karmic for you. So that's exciting to know that you are, you are living your karma and doing what you're supposed to do. That's really exciting. I'm so excited for you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So that's, that's that it's between still the same, like I said, the joggle toggle between Hawaii and here and, uh, OC and wanting to do some like in-person stuff too. I don't have the exact, I don't have my finger on it. Like I, I have a vision of tomfoolery and (laughs) people (laughs) like maybe doing like sack races and dance parties and also getting really deep all at the same time. And so I am planning on doing some events or retreats or things like that soon. I just, we'll see when and where, but play meditation or playtation is coming up a lot. You are absolutely on. Yes. You are absolutely on to something that's coming up for a lot of people. Tell me about playtation. I've never heard that word. I just made up the word, (laughs) but, (laughs) but, but, um, it's because um, I know other people in the spiritual field that are being drawn to the same thing, to having fun, to dancing, to being light. And I really think it's important to to get away from the news and be light and play and remind yourself the what joy it is. And like, you know, spirituality, when we're talking about this, which can seem, we've talked about grief, we've talked about darkness, we talked, but spirituality yeah. is lightness yeah. too. And it's about having fun and enjoying the human experience. Yes. And a lot of us don't get to do that in our daily lives. So I'm, I'm hundred percent for you. I think you should do that and see how people are responding to it. I think like things like they're not spiritual, but like even adult summer camps are becoming a thing. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> like grownups want to play. They want to go on zip lines. They don't have sack races. They want to have fun. Exactly. I know. So we need it. it is like the most healing. I read a quote too recently by someone saying, um, Oh, that just how much more we learn and play. And I'm going to butcher it. I'm not going to throw out stats. I don't even know, but it was just like, Oh, it's totally true. Play-based, so especially much. for kids, you know, play-based. Yeah. That's where all the playing house and all that, but those are real life skills that come to yes. play-based stuff and learning the edges of your body is like a huge thing. I interviewed a lady, um, Kim Corbin, and she has a skipping movement. Ooh. And so she skips, she's a skipper. She encourages skipping. 
I challenge you to skip, Kama. When was the last I time you skipped? It's absolutely joyous. You Hilarious. must try skipping. Hilariously. <laughs> I feel like I actually skip a lot. Oh, <laughs> good. Oh, no, yeah. Like be playing in your body, handstands, skipping. Like you'll see me. I even have friends who like make fun of me. Like I'll kick up into a handstand randomly, periodically throughout a hangout because I'm just, you got to be in your body and switch up the energy and play. And that is exactly, Ooh, I playtation Jasmine, you're a genius because <laughs> we do need that. We need we do. that. And if you're not able to do headstands and handstands, yeah, um, you can put on some CNC music factory and just bust a move Wiggle. and just remember what it was like to feel free in your body. Even if just for a few moments, we forget, we, I think just speaking about the news and stuff, I think we feel like if we're not paying attention hundred percent all the time, that we don't care, that yeah. we don't worry that we're not invested. And I would like to just say, you don't have to do it hundred percent of the time. You can also be light and enjoy the existence that you have right now to the best of your ability. Um, because it's, you know, it's what we're here for too. So yes, yes, actually. Oh, I love it so much. Okay. Take playtation. It's yeah. yours. I give it to no, you. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't want. We'll share. I, we share. I don't want to organize. <laughs> we share. We share. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot handle any kind of more organizing. It's weird. <laughs> um, but before we finish up, is I always like to ask my guests: Is there any um, practice or uh, mantra or book or prayer, anything that you come back to that you want to share that you just really love and you want to share? It could be something you've done forever. It could be something you're doing right now. Yes. I love that question. Um, I, I will share a book because I just finished the book, The Midnight Library, which is just a novel. Mm. Have you read that? I haven't. Oh, Tell I me think. about it. It's one of those books, like you got to trust when, have you ever had that where somebody recommends a book and then yes. you're just hearing whispers about it everywhere and you're like, I okay, just, okay. have you read The Lost Apothecary? Apothecary? No, but I like that name. It was good too. Okay. So tell me about your book because it sounds like it was just a good, easy read, fun fiction book. Yes. And, and like, you know, I wasn't a big fiction girl because I'm always like, I really want to make this practical. Um, but I really, the story, first of all, the art of story, storytelling, there's just enough said. And then also that there's so many metaphors always in novels that teach us so much more than sometimes a real life story could tell us. And so anyway, this story was recommended to me so many times. Um, it's by Matt Haig, Midnight Library. And it's a story about uh, a girl who ends up basically in like the quantum in between life and death. And she gets to live all of the lives that she's living in like parallel dimensions that really would have just happened if she made different choices. And so it's crazy because she's sitting here thinking like, my life sucks. I want to live all these other lives. And she goes and she tries them on like different hats and in all the lives, there's still disappointment. There's still, you know, fear. There's still, there's joy. There's this, there's that, like it's the whole gamut of things. And whether she's famous, whether she's rich, whether she's a, a mom, whether she's comfortable, like it doesn't matter. And it's such a beautiful story because also it shows really no life is better than the other at all. And she comes back into like being resuscitated from an overdose. That's literally why she ended up in the middle and she's living in like a shitty place like it. And she comes back from experiencing all these lives with the realization that 
um, there's no, like no better choice than exactly where she is. And I'm not even giving it away. Cause like, you'll know that it's pretty much spelled out on the back of the book, that this is the story, but to be taken down through the journey of her lives and the feelings and the experiences is just so not only beautiful, but refreshing to the fact that like, like, just don't worry so much <laughs> like about <laughs> the decisions you make, you know, like the decisions are whatever. <laughs> it's all meant right. To, you're going mean, to don't, fine. don't, don't beat yourself up too much. If you, you know, you make a decision and you do the best you can and then you know, if you have to make another decision, you make another decision, you know, exactly. that's like a sliding doors story. That sounds exciting. I like it. Beautiful. Lovely. Easy. Can you say the name and the the title and the author again? Yes. The Midnight Library by Matt Hegg. Awesome. Yeah. And then just because, just because you're sort of like my Hawaii contact before yeah. I end, I would like to just talk about Ho'opono Opono. And I was wondering, I actually should have done this before and no, maybe I'll move this before, but I think it's such a beautiful practice. And I think it would be actually kind of a nice way to kind of leave people with something else too. So um, do you want to describe yeah. it a little bit? Yeah, I could actually lead us through like a mini practice. and then I would love that. Let's do that. Let's do it. So basically, um, just to give you a brief, Ho'oponopono means, Ho'o means to raise and pono means by the alignment or righteousness. And so raising righteousness, raising alignment, lifting, uplifting that alignment. And what that actually is about in Ho'oponopono is forgiveness. And so forgiveness is the practice to come back into alignment. And I love that so much because it really shows once again, we always say this forgiveness is about you. It's not even about the other person. And so to come back into alignment, we have to forgive. And so I was taught by my kumu, uh, my teacher, that this is the practice that we can do alone for anyone in our lives, including ourselves at any point, if we just feel like we need to let go of something. So I invite whoever's listening in this moment to just get cozy and comfy. We'll just be here for like five minutes or less and allow your spine to be straight. You can close down your eyes and we can just take a deep full inhale through the nose. And a full exhale through the mouth. Allowing your shoulders to fall away from your ears. You can take a few more breaths like that. Just allowing your body to land. Landing right where you are. Landing in the safety of this space. And we'll bring to mind whomever, whatever you need to forgive. Whoever you want to forgive. And just prefacing this practice with the words that my kuma told me, which is forgiveness, it doesn't happen overnight. So if this is the first practice and it feels like pulling teeth, it's okay. Normal. So finding that person that you want to forgive or you even want to want to forgive, right? And bringing that person to mind. 
Imagine them seated before you in your mind's eye. Maybe even seeing their inner child, the most innocent part of them. And silently now stating the prayer. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Let's take a deep full inhale. A full exhale to release them and yourself with love and light. Whenever you're ready, taking your time to gently come back. Welcome yourself back. I love yes. it. Thank you so much, Kema. I'm so grateful to you. And we will talk again. Oh, yes, please. I'm right. so grateful I'll to you. You too. All good things, babe. Thank you, Jeff. You are welcome, folks. And thank you, Kema, for sharing that beautiful Ho'oponopono prayer with us. I think it's a great one to just have at any moment, such a beautiful reminder to be in the moment, to forgive ourselves, to forgive others. And I think it's just a beautiful way to wrap up this whole uh, chat with my friend Kama Hagar. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I'm so grateful to her for coming on the show. Let's all send her some beautiful light. Can't wait to see what happens next. Thank you so much. And I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the RU Spiritual Podcast and joining us on this journey. Please like, subscribe, share with friends, and write us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. If you have any questions, thoughts, or episode topic ideas, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to email us at ruspiritualpodcast at gmail.com. 